I'm Simon Hartzell, and this is NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. This podcast is brought to you by the DNA of CRE, which is a joint initiative between the broker list and build out. The survey helps commercial real estate professionals across the country benchmark against competitors, gain insight into tools and practices, and identifies trends for industry growth. If you haven't checked out this survey, it's their fifth anniversary. It's a great opportunity to get involved. Open your Google browser, type in DNA of CRE. Scroll down, you'll find the web address dna of dash cre dot buildout dot com. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Today's episode is one strategy to step up your networking game through SIOR. Today's guest we're fortunate to have the president of Century Commercial and also the current president of SAOR, Mark Duquot. Hello, Mark. Hello, Simon. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me give a little bit of bio on you just so our audience knows a little bit of your background. As I mentioned, Mark is the, the president and co-founder of Century Commercial, started in 1991. Mark has over 33 years within the commercial real estate industry, working both local, regionally, and let me add as well, nationally with multiple companies. Mark holds the SIOR designation and currently is the SIOR president. Also, he has the past president of SIOR for, for Connecticut and Western Massachusetts. So again, thanks for joining us, Mark. Great to be here. Thank you. Tell the tell the audience a little bit about your your background. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit further into how you got into the current position, made your way through the the industry. Sure, as a specific to SIOR or just the to the industry first itself. Um, you know, I, listen, I'm I'm born and bred in Hartford, Connecticut, and I, uh, it's a little boring because I didn't move too far from the from the nest. And um, I, I went to college up in Springfield, Massachusetts, and small business school up there. And then I ended up getting becoming a banker and um, took a job as a uh, sales rep, a mortgage rep for a local bank up in Southfield, Connecticut. And that evolved into getting into commercial real estate. I ended up working for Citibank. And Citibank ended up giving me uh, kind of a little bit of insight into commercial lending, which then morphed into commercial brokerage. Worked for a developer up in Connecticut. And then got into uh, brokerage in uh, 19, I believe it was 1987. So stayed with that broker for a company called the Farley Company, which is um, now known as CBRE. And um, from there, I started my own firm in 1991. So we are a local company based in Hartford. And we are a commercial real estate brokerage and construction management and property management group. So we've gone... Uh, We've grown considerably over the last uh, thirty some odd years. Now, how did you get? How did you get introduced to? And, and at what point involved with SIOR? 
SIOR, yeah, so my partner at the Farley Company, Bob Daglio, was an SIOR, so that was my initial interest, and we worked as a team uh, at the Farley Company, and that started to to pique my interest and kind of saw what he was doing. He's a past president of the chapter there, and you could tell just on a local level, so the Connecticut chapter is Connecticut and Western Massachusetts, and you could kind of understand pretty quickly the bond that the SIOR members had amongst each other. And it was a really unique bond. Um, so really the initial interest was being intrigued with the collegiality of the local chapter. And really I thought mm-hmm. that was, for the most part, the extent of being an SIOR. And then that was, okay, so that, that was before you, you began your, your own firm, is that, is that correct? Yeah, so I left uh, Farley back in 1991 and started uh, Century Commercial, and then it was just a brokerage and advisory company, and I had um, not become an SIOR, still had some interest in it, but back then it was very difficult uh, from a paperwork standpoint, quite candidly, to become an SIOR, so it uh, you, you really need to take an awful lot of time, and frankly, life got in the way, and I just never tried, and Back then, back in the early 2000s, I decided, you know what, let's make a run at this because I could see that I was really missing um, a big component personally and a big component as a company uh, by not being an SIOR. You know, we are known as a local company, a really solid local company, but the extent of our services was right there in Connecticut and Western Massachusetts. We really didn't have uh, the ability to work with our clients outside that market and we really didn't have the depth of knowledge beyond our local market and we found that to i found that personally to be not only professionally limiting but personally limiting i wanted to learn more about just connecticut and just western massachusetts as much as i love that area the world's gotten small smaller and you really need to be able to push beyond those boundaries and then I'm assuming that's that's what was intriguing about the SIOR organization and the ability to really bake, break down the boundaries of just working your local market, having the ability to to, to leverage an organization like like SIOR. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the one thing SIOR. I think I originally looked at it as being a vehicle to. I find to allow my clients uh, services outside of the market. And I also saw it as a vehicle to receive uh, referrals from other SIORs outside my market. So incoming and outgoing business. And I really looked at it from a transactional standpoint. And certainly history has shown that it's been an incredible vehicle for transactional volume for, for our company and for me personally. That said, the real big value for SIOR that I didn't give at the time, number one was the solidification of my relationships right there in the local market, which I had seen, of course, from my partner, Bob Daglio. But the other thing I didn't see was really just the pure ability to have significant relationships with other brokerage uh, people throughout the country and throughout the world. And it was really what I missed there was the fact that it really started with relationships and 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 that's what i really value right now it's the relationships that i've got with those uh with all my colleagues at siwar and of course when you have those relationships then of course that translates into the transaction so i kind of had it reversed it was like bring me transactions and i could service my clients great 
but I really slighted the fact that no, it's really about building relationships throughout the world. Hmm. So, and and is that would you say that's why it's important to immerse yourself with an organization like SIOR? Is is that ability to to cultivate not only the client relationships but also professional relationships with other industry professionals? Yeah, absolutely, Simon. I think you've got this. Brokers have a lot of different ways where they can create relationships, right? I mean, you can join a lot of different organizations, both locally, regionally, and nationally and internationally. I think you can, um, and, and each organization is has different attributes, right? For the, the, the different reasons why you would join different organizations. The reason why I joined us at War is because it wasn't just about establishing relationships with numerous people throughout the country and throughout the world. The one thing about SIOR is it's a de designation, and it's a designation that measures uh, the what, what I call the what and the who. And so the what of the individual is somebody who's been in the business for a long time, has a proven track record of doing a number of transactions in their, in their career, and is, does it ethically. And then what I'll call the who is we've got uh, people in our in our organization that are trusted, professional, and respected. So it wasn't just about developing relationships. It was developing relationships with the right people and people that I love associating myself doing business with. Well, and that, that brings up a good point. I mean, in, in, in the industry, uh, real estate in general, the ethics is a big portion of, of, a uh, one's business so the ability to be part of something greater and trust and know that you're playing on the same 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 level as everybody else ethically and and professionally is is probably one of in my opinion one of the most important things wouldn't you wouldn't you agree i think it's one of the most understated uh, in the business and i think SIOR, while we always profess to have ethical people um, you know, you kind of take that for granted. And I think that the, um, we've, we've actually the last year started to try to put that a little bit more to the forefront. And it's not as much, I would say, ethics, because ethics is kind of, you know, you define ethics by did you have an ethical um, uh, violation or not. And we would hope that the bar is not that low. It's like that is mm -hmm. the lowest standard. It's going above and beyond being ethical. You know, it's again, being trusted and respected and professional and doing everything the way you're supposed to do it. And obviously then doing it ethically, but absolutely. I, uh, if, if you don't have that component in your organization, what's, what's your organization? I mean, if you've got nothing. Well, it, it's it's very interesting because I've been with NAI Global now for five years and have been very fortunate to attend many of the SIOR events in the in the spring and the fall, and you see a a unified professional organization like no other, and it, it's interesting. Maybe you can, and we kind of touched upon it with with the ethics and the and the the what and the who. But maybe you can elaborate on on your experience and the SIOR culture because it it kind of put commercial real estate aside. I I see people are smiling. It it just it it's it's a whole different type of energy. Yeah. So 
you know, what is it, right? And we, I drink the Kool-Aid, um, and I really appreciate what you're saying uh, there about our organization because we like to think that's what we're about, and it's really nice to hear you say that's what you see when you go to our two world conferences. Um, you know, what is it? Well, it probably starts from the fact that we've got a lot of like people within our organization, a lot of people that understand um, the need for long-term, deeper relationships, um, and that they get that it, it, they need to give to get, meaning they're not there just to cut a, tra- a deal. They're there for learning. They're there to understand the people they're with and get to know people a little more. I mean, we are known as a relationship organization. Yes, we offer education and a lot of great educational opportunities, but we're not known primarily as a educational institution, we are known primarily as a relationship developing institution. And I think that attracts like people. And so those Mm -hmm. people get it. I think they know when they go to these conferences, they're going to shake hands. I mean, we've rebranded our two conferences now. First is in the spring is called Transact 360, which is based on meeting people and uh, and doing deals with them. And then our fall now is Create 360, which is creating relationships. And I think that's generally what our members like. They like developing those relationships and they totally get that it's a collaborative effort they need to give to get. And um, they are in an atmosphere where they can reach out even to a competitor, ultimately a competitor, and get information and get insight and get help that you otherwise wouldn't get outside the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that easy that you can call up a competitor and ask for whatever it might be, even just for professional advice. And I, I think you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with being able to build the relationships and trust and unify everybody there. Yeah. I mean, we I could tell you I was uh, just, uh, like I said, I just uh, got off an airplane today. And um, I, one of the first emails I pulled up was a form on SIOR. It was an email that went out. It was one of our members looking for help. Uh, in a particular problem that she had um, and that she was dealing with today. That's number one. Yesterday, when I got off a plane, I got a call from a uh, broker who's a quasi-competitor, said he's doing a deal in Western Massachusetts, and could I help him out with some comparable information, a comparable sale and lease information? He was an SIOR. I'm not sure that you're giving that information to just a person right off the street. We probably aren't. Mm -hmm. But an SIOR, you absolutely do. Talk talk to me a little bit about where 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 the organization is currently and and future plans or or how things are are planning to develop within SIOR. Yeah, so we we have uh, a three year strategic plan. So everybody's like, when I became president, it's like, well, what's your what are your goals and what's your uh, legacy? And it's like, guys, we really don't have a legacy. We've got a three-year strategic plan that we put in place and we renew every three years. And that gives a outlook for what SILR is going to look like in the next three years and our goals and our, um, and, 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 you know, just again, but you know, kind of where we're going. And then we develop an annual operating plan every year that supports that three-year strategic plan. So it's a tactical plan that says, yes, Here's where we are in the three-year strategic plan, and here's what we need to do the coming year. So our focus is very, very um, direct. Our focus right now is, and there's a lot of subsets of these, but the three major focuses are growth, growth of our membership as defined by ethnicity, uh, diversity, gender, 
by specialty, meaning what we call grow the office portion of our membership. So growth of our membership. We're looking at the um, in, enhancing and creating an even better a member experience at SAIOR, and that includes very much so at the chapter level. So we know that a lot of our strengths comes from our chapters, and that many times our the strength of our membership is really as strong as the relate as the uh, experience they get at the chapter level. So we're working very hard and making sure our chapters right across the board are operating at the maximum level. That's one of the reasons why I'm in Greenville. We're doing chapter visits, and Greenville is one of our, uh, the Carolinas, I'm sorry, are one of our uh, best uh, chapters, and I'm just there to say hi, but uh, we want to make sure those chapters are humming. And our last one is revenue growth. Um, it uh, sounds self selfish that we one of our goals would be revenue growth, but we know mm -hmm. that increasing our revenues will, number one, um, keep member expenses down and number two revenue growth will allow us the resources to be able to execute all these other things that we've we've been talking about over the years so uh, our our membership's never been better with 3400 members and our financial position's never been better but we know you can't sit on your heels here but uh, we've got to continue to push and, and get better and i would say yeah. the last one, what's starting to what's the last one that's starting to creep up is and it's not it's just on our radar screen is, is really that diversity issue is making the industry a more diverse industry. I just came from a forum down in Fort Lauderdale that was put on by CCIM. Um, wonderful job and talking about how the heck do we make our industry more diverse. Well, you bring up a great point because just in, in, in maybe a struggle in SIOR, CCIM and, and all organizations or just in gen general in the industry is that there's there's a shortage of young talent or younger not by age but just young professionals coming into the business and how do you see SIOR engaging more younger professionals to get involved yeah well we certainly we have a YP program and uh, the YP group does a phenomenal job in reaching out to the to the young and and that's both at the the global level and at the chapter level, we're seeing much better um, efforts at the at the uh, chapter level to reach out to the globals. Our relationships with our colleges, we're starting to develop more and more relationships with uh, colleges. We're having young students uh, come to our conferences. Um, as you've been to those conferences, you might notice that um, we have more and more student uh, visitors that come and get mm -hmm. to experience the industry. So doing things like that, um, certainly just a total awareness for reaching out and shaking hands and, and making sure that uh, young people are welcome. But I think we need to do more. There's clearly we need to do more because while our average age has dropped a year uh, through that effort, we've gone from about 54 as a median age down to 53. And that's, that, that number is still too high. We need to get more. And one of the challenges is we're a designation, right? And mm -hmm. so uh, to get membership, it, it's, it's really twofold, right? It's one thing to get new members that are younger, but of course we're a designation and you have to be in the business X amount of years to, um, and then be able to have a certain level of transaction. So we tend not to get younger people there. So our effort actually has to go beyond that. We have to go further into the pipeline and down the, down the chain into the colleges, into the high schools. Uh, we went up to Cornell University in the Nexus program, working with uh, high school kids from all over the country, introducing them to uh, commercial real estate. 
And that's awesome, just making that aware awareness and letting them know that hey, this this exists for a profession. Like, and I, I think young 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 people in general just need to know that hey, there's an opportunity here, a big opportunity as as as, as this opens up, that for them to take advantage of something that's that that's here. So it's great that SIOR is taking the initiative to dig deeper and take the next steps to try to open it up for for more young professionals. Yeah, and it's uh, but it's a long-term effort. So, and, and again, I give kudos. I just, uh, we had that uh, function done in Fort Lauderdale last week. I give big kudos to CCIM for really stepping forward as an industry exploring the challenges. Nice. Well, let me jump into to some some maybe tougher, challenging questions, and we like to like to call these some of the fun questions here. So. <laughs> <laughs> give a give us a sense. Let's get to the, the 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 real person, Mark. Let's find out what what really makes you tick. What what's some of the favorite foods that that you can't pass up in your your uh, your menu of all this travel you got going on? Oh well, you know one of my biggest challenges is that I'm a gluten free guy. I've been a gluten free guy for about 25 years. Wow. And the yeah, the good news. Um, is that over the last 25 years, gluten-free products have become more and more available. Um, when I first was diagnosed uh, as a high gluten intolerance back 25 years ago, um, the worst thing in the world was I loved sweets, and including baked goods, and you just could not find a good brownie or a good cookie. So my biggest challenge, quite candidly, is not actually the main meal. It's finding a, a nice piece of pastry or a nice cookie or that's gluten-free. And those are still that's easier to find, but it's a challenge. And oh, by the way, yours truly cheats because it's, uh, you look at that plate of cookies and you just have to take a little bite. So that's my biggest challenge. <laughs> my, biggest, my, my biggest favorite food, and you could ask my wife, is chocolates and brownies and cookies. So you got a sweet tooth. Okay. All right. Yeah, I could, I could make those a meal. So and and you're you're traveling a lot. I'm sure that's there's there's challenges with trying to have a a, a diet and 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 get those those specific types of foods. So um, where and and being part of SIOR just in the industry in general puts us on the road a lot. If you weren't traveling, what's the one place you'd like to visit, either personally or with the family? What are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting. We just started traveling, and my wife and I woke up probably about five years ago, and so I've got a 30-year-old daughter and a 28-year-old son. My son actually works with me. And we woke up, and we said, you know what? Our kids travel more than we ever do. And so we said, let's start traveling. And one of the benefits of that, we finally started, we started traveling, and, and uh, we actually started uh, traveling with the family and actually with SIOR to SIOR events. Our family's been to Warsaw at the uh, Warsaw uh, Conference a couple of years ago. Uh, a couple of years before that, we were out in uh, London, and um, we were going to Dublin uh, in uh, July for the for the European conference in uh, July in Dublin. And I would say though, the one place that well, number one, we spent a lot of time in Vermont. We're skiers, and we spent a lot of time up in Vermont at our place up there. But the one that I would want to go to that I haven't gone to is probably Hawaii. Um, and oh, I think the family would probably. Yeah, I think the family would all jump in the plane right behind me and go. So uh, that that would probably be the goal. Well, we won't we won't we won't spoil this and and get them a, a chance to listen to this. They might hold you to it. 
So <laughs> <laughs> this is, and that's the best part about being in this business, at least for me, is the ability to open up doors and allow you to travel and spend time with your family and and do things that I, I feel this industry has has opened you up to and allows you to take advantage of. So. Um, Absolutely. All great stuff. But I could not yeah. agree more. Could not agree more. Uh, unfortunately, Mark, we are out of time. I would so much lo uh, love to uh, thank you for taking the time today to speak with us. And if any of our audience is curious to learn more about SIOR or just talk to you further about your your experience in the industry, how do they how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, and uh, just to piggyback that, I absolutely welcome anybody who's listening to this to take me up on my, my contact information there, pick up a phone, call me, and talk about this. Uh, I would love to talk to them about SIOR, talk to them about the industry, and anything I can do to help them uh, better uh, make decisions. So my uh, contact is, uh, is again, Mark Duclo, D-U-C-L-O-S. I'm at uh, Century Commercial, S-E-N-T-R-Y Commercial out of Hartford, Connecticut. My phone number is 860-983-5630. Or you can email me, although my emails admittedly get backed up a little bit, at Duclo, D-U-C-L-O-S, at S-E-N-T-R-Y Commercial.com. Perfect. Awesome. Mark, again, thank you so much. If anybody that's that's listening wants to learn more about SIOR, NAI Global, please feel free to email us at help at naiglobal.com. Thanks for listening.